Welcome to our weekly devotion. As we come to the end of the year, you're, if you've been doing the one-year Bible since January, you're starting to finish up the minor prophets. I'm finishing up Zechariah. And in chapter 13, it stood out to me. Uh, let me read some of this to you and then comment on it. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. In that day, or it shall be in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they shall no longer be remembered. I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to depart from the land. It shall come to pass that if anyone still prophesies when his father and mother who begot him will say to him, you shall not live because you have spoken lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who begot him will thrust him through when he prophesies. And it shall be in that day that every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies. They will not wear a robe of coarse hair to deceive. But he will say, I am no prophet. I'm a farmer. For a man taught me to keep cattle for my youth. And one will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? And then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. So this is a description of the fountain of life. The fountain of life opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I, I want you to think as you read through the minor prophets, how many times Christ references these earlier in the chapter of Zechariah, in the book of Zechariah, there was discussion of how the sheep are without shepherd. And you know, Christ made that reference also. Here it is a fountain that will be for sin and uncleanness. So you're already knowing this is not a fountain of water, the way the, the Samaritan woman thought Christ was referring to physical water. I will give you water from which you will never thirst. Well, here in chapter 13, verse one, you have that fountain. It's to uh, rid us of sin and uncleanness. And then in verse two, in that day, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land. They shall no longer be remembered. And that's really 13.2 is the verse that stood out to me that I wanted to share with you. Imagine that not only that you've overcome idolatry, not, not just physical idolatry, but conceptual idolatry in your life. You've even forgotten the name of it. You're, you've turned so far from it and into seeking God. You can no longer even remember it. And then the other verses I read are about false prophets. And, and think about the numbers of false religious teachers, even in our day. Think about how many people claim to teach some new thing. It's more like self-help, some health self-help guru who will set you right and give you the right diet, the right exercise, the right kind of meditation to, be, to relieve you of stress, and all the while not relieving you of sin. You're like a whitewashed tomb, so the outside looks just fine, but the inside is full of dead men's bones. It's only going to be the fountain that comes from the house of David that will be able to overcome sin and uncleanness. And it gets to a point where the, the, the false religious teachers don't want to be identified as that anymore. So if someone says, aren't you a prophet? They'll say, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just a, a person who works the fields. And you no longer have people using religion and using false teachings to try to give themselves some kind of benefit usually it's financial or it's control over people and getting them to do what you want and so instead we're given this promise of idolatry being cut off and a turning to the truth about god and and so look down here when you get to verse seven you have that shepherd awake O sword against my shepherd against the man who is my companion says the lord of hosts strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered christ quotes that then i will 
turn my hand against the little ones, and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. I will bring one-third through fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. So those who call on the Lord should expect refining. That's a little bit different than saying calling back from sin. They're, they're both operations of natural evil. Natural evil recalling you from sin to repent, but then also refining you. And uh, then you'll be able to uh, say, the Lord is my God. So believers should expect that kind of thing. And that's this process described up here. How do we get from being in conceptual idolatry? We might spend our time sort of depressed because life isn't where we want it to be. There's something called the midlife crisis that people go through where they say, I just need to change. I just need to change everything in my life. And if I just got in everything different, got into a new environment, my problems would disappear. And we all know silly stories about that of guys, you know, getting a Corvette and getting a, a mistress and thinking this will somehow make their lives full of meaning. But it happens in, in less obvious ways. People think that if they just change what they're doing, uh, something external, that that will change their internal problems. And it won't. It never does. Um, instead, we need to go from that condition of, of violating the Ten Commandment, of, of being discontent, not seeing how the Lord's working in our life going through that by being refined down here verse 9 so that we get to a point where we don't even remember our idols because we're so committed to the lord imagine that so committed to the lord and then we're able to say back down here verse 9 the lord is my god so zechariah and so much here that we later see christ mentioning in the new testament thanks for joining me